This episode was originally recorded in early 2021. You are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hey everyone, this is Tony with another episode of the Pharmacy IT and Me podcast and joining me today on this episode is Dr. AJ Rivaseki and we're going to be talking about his role as a product manager and director of clinical solutions uh, for KitCheck and I'm really excited to be speaking with him today on some new KitCheck products and the vision for medication intelligence. But before we get into that, you know, can you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, Tony. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited to do this. Uh, so yeah, a little a little bit about me. Uh, the path I, I wandered to get here uh, might not be standard, uh, but I was um, originally from a smaller town in Western Pennsylvania, ended up moving to Pittsburgh to start undergrad at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, where I went for both undergrad and pharmacy school, and then promptly stayed on at one of the large health IDNs uh, here in the city, uh, which I did for seven or eight years before I moved into a more lead pharmacist and finally a pharmacy managerial role, uh, which led to me heading up some projects that got me in touch with KitCheck. I eventually transferred over to KitCheck uh, to work as kind of a director of clinical solutions and subject matter expert. And long story short, it came to pass where we were starting to work on a product that really lined up with my prior life. Uh, that needed a manager to guide it to market. And so I kind of fell into this product manager role uh, for our new spend optimization tool. Awesome. Awesome. So so your role like as a pharmacist and just working through that, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about like your experience there. So uh, what were some of those uh, aspects that you had during like being a, uh, a pharmacist that, you know, were, were kind of different, but kind of like um, added together with like more experience as an operations manager that kind of helped you get some of that skill that you're using nowadays? Yeah, so I, I will be totally blunt with you. Uh, one time it was asked of me, and as we were going around the room for a meeting, people were introducing themselves. This is one of the new work groups at the hospital. And uh, I eventually said, hi, I'm AJ. Uh, I'm the pharmacy ops manager, and I'm here because I don't know how to say no. And that is really how I got the experience during my operations role that led to uh, the ability to do this today. I just really looked at things that were either unmet needs in the hospital uh, or interesting to me or otherwise seemed like they could have a better solution uh, and worked on them. Uh, so one of those, uh, which kind of brought me to KitCheck initially, was our local uh, drug diversion task force. And insofar as one didn't really exist, my director at the time had said a, you know, a lot of like, oh, we wish we had a more cohesive system, um, better representation. So I just kind of thought, okay, let's just uh, contact a bunch of people from a bunch of different departments and see what we can put together. Uh, and that's how it started. And uh, similarly, at the system level, I was often frustrated by how we would be told how much money we needed to save as a department this year, but didn't really have a lot of cohesion between the pharmacies and the different hospitals or even how we were reporting what we were working on for these cost savings initiatives. And so we had started an operations council and it came up that, hey, we'd like to have a, a um, kind of a system operational finance subgroup. And We'd like someone who's kind of passionate about it to lead it. And once again, I couldn't say no. And I was like, that sounds cool. Let me do that. Uh, not really knowing what I was getting into, but um, 
came to pass that then I kind of became responsible for working on system level cost savings initiatives and trying to shore up a little bit of how we were doing it on the whole versus just uh, kind of the microscopic hospital by hospital level. So really all of my experience was driven by uh, the fact that I didn't mind jumping into stuff that I didn't necessarily understand, but found interesting and knew that there was a better possible solution. And so just kind of ran with that and fell into the roles I fell into. You know, that's, uh, I, I really respect that because I, I think that that's one of the things too that, um, you know, pharmacists in general, uh, you kind of hear about it, like pharmacists are risk averse and not like well, wanting to jump in head things to uh, new, new kind of things. And just, you know, when you're doing that, like how you've done it, that enabled you to kind of like uh, improve your skill set, right? Absolutely. And I won't say it's, it's something I haven't sometimes had one of those like, oh, crap, what did I say I do moments? Because I... um realized that I was in over my head without all the knowledge I needed to to do what I needed to do. Um, luckily, I had really good people around me who were not afraid to tell me that I didn't know what I didn't know, uh, which was great because sometimes if you're going to jump into things like this, you really need that grounding of like, oh yeah, sometimes you got to pump the brakes and uh, the damn the torpedoes approach is great because you can get into whatever you want to get into, but you got to have some level of check on yourself to make sure you're not getting out over your skis. Yeah, that's uh, that's really awesome to to kind of hear about your experience in that, and also really great that you know you like you said you had um, great people around you to kind of help you with that. I also wanted to ask. I, I see on your experience uh, a role after your operations manager as a casual pharmacist. I'm not sure what that is. I actually stayed on at the hospital I was uh, managing after I moved over to this role at KitCheck uh, to staff. Um, I tried to staff like one day every couple weeks. Um, a because I kind of left a hole in the scheduling, which I you know really liked my my coworkers and wanted to stick with them and see how it was going. But also just to kind of staff every so often um, as I was getting out of more of the day to day operations, because I think that being involved with the day to day operations and understanding all the problems uh, within the four walls of the hospital really set me up for success for what I'm doing here today, and I didn't really want to to lose that capability or lose the ability to be kind of plugged into what's new in, in hospital pharmacy. Um, I would like to honestly have kept doing it. I ended up kind of too busy with my role and I wasn't being much benefit um, to the hospital scheduling. But yeah, it's a great way. And um, almost like retail pharmacies will have you know float pools of people who can plug in. It was kind of our way of doing that throughout the hospital system where you weren't committed to any specific number of hours, but could help kind of plug some holes in the schedule. Um, and keep your skills fresh at the same time. Oh, that's okay. That's what it is. Because um, I've never actually heard that term of casual pharmacist used in that way. So yeah, I was yeah. curious about that. I think a lot of places would call it uh, you know, per diem or something. Um, it was really interesting and, and I enjoyed doing it. Like I said, it, it was, again, one of those things where I have a hard time saying no. So when they're like, oh, do you want to stay on and pick up some hours? And not thinking like, oh, I'm going to have a new full-time job. That won't be any problem at all. Sure, I'll stay on and be working two jobs at once. Uh, that only lasted for uh, about a year um, until I had enough responsibility in my new role that it wasn't really a viable option anymore. I uh, I kind of relate to what you're saying about like um, not being able to say no because uh, I also still help out with two places I previously worked at, kind of in the same capacity that that you did as well, M mostly for the same reasons as well. Because you know, just being plugged into that 
that clinical role um, to to keep myself updated so I don't forget about the actual workflows within the within the hospital. Part part of it's also, you know, just on my own part. So my, my brother is also a pharmacist um, and he is actually a clinical specialist at one of the uh, major academic medical centers here, but he's younger than me. And there's like a big part of me that like didn't want him to become the go-to in my family when people had uh, clinical questions that so I was like, hey, I, I'm still a real pharmacist too. Um, I think that finally I've acquiesced to the fact that if they have a truly uh, clinical pressing question, they should probably ask him. But for a while, it was like, I didn't want to give up the fact that I was the oldest and I was a pharmacist first. And if someone has a question, you better be asking me. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit hard to let go when you're moving into the, the, the role of healthcare technology. And, you know, like going into your role today, uh, you, you did work as a clinical solution specialist before uh, getting into the role of director of clinical solutions and product manager. Um, I, I guess, like, what is what does that role entail right now? Like, what what is it that, you know, if someone was to ask you, like, they want to get into a role like yours, uh, what would you tell them, like, your day-to-day kind of experiences? Insofar as the the, the product management role? Uh, yeah, yeah, your your current role. Yeah. So, uh the experience is that the product manager is really like the CEO of the product you're managing. You need to kind of have the 360 view of everything from what the, the market wants, what the customers need. And that, that's really what you need to understand is what does the market say? Uh, not just what features do people want, but what are the problems that they're having? And I really truly feel that uh, I am lucky in this role that I can have the conversations with the people who have the problems on a peer-to-peer level. Uh, what I've learned about product management is that's not always the case. Um, you know, you can certainly go manage a product that you didn't work in the field before you manage a product that's trying to solve a problem in that field. Um, so really what I spend a lot of my time doing is working with people that I would have worked with as coworkers or colleagues before and helping to distill the problems that they're having where there's unmet needs. And then on the backside, just kind of coordinating, what are our priorities? You know, Where does 90% of people I talk to all share the same problem and making sure that our development and engineering teams are focusing on solving those problems first versus a really cool feature we just wanna go build. Um, so it's very much uh, a more strategic role, understanding what's out there and then helping to provide direction to what ultimately is a, is a great product, but we want to keep making it better. And we want to do that by really focusing on the outside in approach versus just developing things we think are cool. Oh, okay. That That's a really cool, cool way of describing it where it's like, um, it's not, you're like owning the entire process in there. Um, and, and I guess like, because we are talking about the product um, today, uh, what is it that you are um, owning in uh, that uh, under KitCheck right now? Yeah, so it is our latest offering. Um, it's called BlueSite Insights. Um, and the insights being squarely focused around uh, pharmacy spending and optimization. Um, so one of the biggest problems at the, at the macro level um, of any hospital pharmacy manager, director, or otherwise, is you know controlling your drug spend it's uh pharmacy is a cost center in the hospital that is necessary to treat patients um, but it's also a huge percentage of that operating budget uh, and especially when it's a department that doesn't necessarily generate revenue and so what we're always looking to do is control the controllable costs and a lot of times that means trying to control your drug spend where you have the opportunity unfortunately with 
thousands of items in your catalog and within those thousands of items each one has 10 different ndcs you could be purchasing it's really hard to provide uh, good oversight of how you can be optimizing your spending so what blue site insights aims to do is kind of take that uh, pharmacist tribal knowledge of how we think of all the different aspects of pharmacy procurement and buying as it relates to making the correct choice within a generic group all the way down to what do I do when there's a shortage of my preferred product? And if I do X, how does that affect Y? And productizing it um, into a way where we can kind of funnel the, the pharmacy operations supply mind into a product sense that's really easy to use, um, that is intuitive, that's one-click intuitive, and lets anybody basically tap into that years of experience of being a uh, very plugged-in pharmacy operations and supply chain decision maker. So that's kind of the, the very high level overview of it. The nuts and bolts is more we're hooking up data feeds to all the pharmacy supply outlets. So various channels from wholesalers to direct contracts to 503Bs and using the, the proprietary logic and algorithms we've developed around the pharmacist thought process to present to users what are just the things to focus on to get the kind of the biggest return for what you're doing, investing time into monitoring your buying. So, so one of the biggest um, uh, aspects of that, that I've, I've seen just from my past experiences through the 340B programs. And um, how does that uh, kind of get put into insights? Like does insights also accommodate for 340B? Yeah, it does. Um, so you hit the the nail on the head. Um, 340B as a as a program is something you know that is uh, vital to the solvency of a lot of institutions, as well as it is to providing care to the groups of patients that was originally designed um, to protect. So uh, one thing we we don't want to be is another split billing software. Um, there are split billing softwares out there that do a great job. Unfortunately, there's lots of steps in that chain to maintaining 340B compliance that can break down. So how we've incorporated it into Insights is really is almost the canary in a coal mine um, type of insight where on a day-to-day -day basis, you have real-time oversight of what your spend percentages are doing from you know, what's your, your WAC GPO and 340B percentages, what have they been historically? And what are we at today? So you can identify and correct those errors before uh, they perhaps become something that's had a big inflection on the on the pharmacy spend. So if you know historically we buy 15% at WAC and 85% at the PHS price, but for whatever reason, you know something's wrong with the split billing software. Uh, there's something wrong with the scanning compliance. So this quarter now we're at. 80% WAC and 15% PHS. We don't want to wait till the end of the quarter to show that. We want it to be an insight that says, hey, you're on pace to spend an extra $60,000 this quarter because your ratio is changing. Um, and then we want to provide the workflow tools around that that let us keep track of what we investigated to make sure that either that's appropriate um, or more often than not, we're correcting the problem that's uh, allowing that to happen. So Think of it as something that kind of sits in front of uh, all the decision making um, and really gives you the, the early warning system for uh, all the effort you've put into developing and maintaining the 340B program to make sure that you're staying on track in a day-to-day -day sense. 
So, so these alerts that you're mentioning, um, are they like customizable yet? Or is that like maybe down the pipeline? And then it's, you know, initially just like what, um, what BlueSight Insights is uh, doing based on what you guys decide as the algorithm? Yeah. So um, we natively support um, the fact that you can set your own kind of administrative thresholds to make it customized to your institution. So, you know, if you're a large IDN that spends $300 million on drugs every year, um, you might not want to see every particular change or 340B percentage change that's going to impact your spend by $300, right? Um, but if you're a small rural referral center that's using the program to provide that dedicated care, a $1,000 swing um, could very well change you know, the outlook on your quarter. So that's all customizable. Uh, and then as we grow our data set, uh, we're actually going to be leveraging some machine learning techniques with our data science team to look at how do we ultimately solve the next problem in the market, which is you can show people the dollar amount all day, uh, but sometimes there's operational nuances to a particular institution that can't be just um, algorithmed out without us teaching it the specifics of that institution. So we've already begun mocking up some of uh, the data science we want to do around the data sets we'll be producing so that we can provide even more customized and actionable insights as time goes on, um, both on the kind of universal level, what's everybody doing, and then at the the hospital or the organization-specific level where, hey, if every time we're bringing a particular thing to your attention, you're saying, well, we can't do that because there's this operational reason um, here at this particular institution. Maybe we're a pediatric center, and so we can't use this particular medication due to one of the preservatives. Well, okay, we'll get smarter, and we'll quit recommending that as a, the priority for you, so you can really spend your time focusing on the things um, that are more actionable at your institution. And as I've gone out and talked to people that have the roles that I used to have, that's still one of the biggest things, right? Is not just show me where the money is, but show me where the money is and where I can actually do something about it. I don't want to have to keep telling a software or telling your program a hundred times in a row that I'm never going to switch to a vial to an ampule. After the 10th time I've told you that, how about you quit making that my priority? I know I can save the money, but recommend me the one that you know I can actually take action on. And that's where we look to be playing over the course of this year as the product and our data set expands. You can't see me, of course, because this is an audio uh, recording, but I'm nodding my head. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, one of the big things that, you know, because I work on the um, health organization side, like the hospital side, mm-hmm. and we, we do like see vendors for products where, you know, it's it's like great for the general number of populations out there, like general hospitals out there. But the, the big part is always like trying to tailor it to our population and how we use the product. So it's it's really great to hear that, you know, uh, you're already starting to do that with uh, Blue Site Insights because I think that's where the value is, especially for like, you know, I'm at a pediatric institution, right? There's like a particular set of rules that we have to follow and we would want a product to kind of like uh, be made for that kind of situation. Yeah, I think that's it, right? Like I- I'm not going to to go out there and say that we are the absolute first people in the market to try to help get a handle on spending. Uh, but I will say we're the first people who have been developed from the ground up from pharmacists just like you who have all of these you know, different constraints that uh, doesn't boil always down to just um, the dollars and cents. There's logic behind it, right? I mean, 
it, it can be something as simple as, you know, our, our main surgery group at the hospital, you know, due to their training, this is the, the exact product they want and they will never switch from it. And that's totally fine. That's the, the art of the side of medicine, of the art and the science, right? And the last thing you want is a quote unquote smarter software solution that just keeps throwing you the same stuff that you can't actually do anything with. And I think that's really where we'll be playing differently in this market is allowing um, the hospital pharmacies to, to teach the machine how to make better decisions for them, which ultimately frees them up to do the things that we want to be doing in pharmacy, which are clinical initiatives, value-added services, and all the other things that you know ASHP and our profession as a whole really wants to put out there as the difference we can make. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and just going back to about the product itself, like, uh, you know, one of the big challenges is that, you know, many institutions have so many different vendors, uh, EHRs, uh, wholesalers. And I know that you did briefly mention about like, um, how you're tackling that. But mm-hmm. can you kind of go into a little bit more detail about like what your strategy is, in terms of making sure that Blue Site Insights will be working appropriately with the different vendors and, you know, not having that hiccup of like, uh, I guess, like interoperability. Yeah, uh, absolutely. For as disjointed and sometimes cobbled together as the pharmacy electronic or you know, just the health system electronic health record landscape is, the pharmacy supply chain looks exactly the same, if not more complex. And so really what we see is we have our, our hospitals as our end user customers that say, we want to take advantage of this. And we're providing more or less uh, an easy way to plug into all of their various supply outlets. So um, the experience for looking at and transacting with your primary, secondary wholesaler, as well as direct contracts you've negotiated with pharma and someone in your institution has put a lot of time and effort into, plus all the 503Bs. Uh, right now, that's a very broken, disjointed experience. And uh, our overall ch- overarching goal towards this medication intelligence landscape that Kitchek's creating is to make uh, the single kind of standalone portal that ties together all of those experiences, puts the logic behind them so that you're able to have a seamless interaction with all of the various pharmacy suppliers and do it in a way that lets you make the best decision at the right time. So really kind of just providing that overarching consolidated view of all the different outlets you have for pharmacy purchasing, all the different vendors, you know, your contracts have been negotiated, but you want to take advantage of them and you want to make it very easy for the buyers to understand where they should go, what decisions they should be making and how we want to keep oversight of those uh, high level decisions for the organization. Um, and that's really where we see the medication intelligence of this product coming in is let us take over the nuts and bolts of the all of these things to manage and create this very seamless um, integrated approach to pharmacy procurement so you're not spending your time just chasing spreadsheets and contracts and trying to keep track of what days i have to order from various vendors to make sure i get it on the day that i want and who has a direct contract and what's my login for this this portal when i really just want to buy it at the same time as i'm buying everything else that's really the the agnosticity we're trying to provide to the pharmacy supply chain. Awesome, awesome. So, um, you know, this is just one of the products that Kitchek has, which is BlueSite Insights. And I know that, you know, Kitchek also has the RFID product and also mm-hmm. has the uh, 
the blue site for controlled substances for drug diversion. So how does this kind of play into like Kitchak's vision for the future? There's like multiple products that Kitchak is involved in. And then I, I guess like where does uh, Kitchak as a company kind of see that moving forward? Yeah, great question. Um, and this, what I'm going to describe will be, be the, the vision and strategy of the company. This is truly the kind of med intelligence approach we, we're taking is that we have three products, right? We have the RFID kit and tray processing solution. We have Blue Site for Controlled Substances, which is squarely aimed at diversion prevention and uh, control. And now we have Blue Site Insights focused on the commerce side of things. Um, so our goal is to provide a solution where one plus one plus one is greater than three. And we've already kind of begun some of that work with how do we take the data from each of our products to bring it together to really make each product more than the, than it could be on its own. And then when you put them all together, become more than the sum of its parts. Um, so for instance, we've already created some cross-product uh, API calls where we'll be pulling uh, for the first time ever real hospital prices into our kit check RFID product. Um, historically, we've shown prices for what's in kit and tra- kits and trays um, at WAC or AWP. Um, now we'll be able to show the true pharmacy pricing based on what they have out there from Blue Side Insights in the pricing realm. So when we're showing them how to optimize their kits and trays, it'll be real dollars um, on their terms that they're looking at uh, dealing with. Similarly, from the Blue Site for Controlled Substances realm, uh, what some people don't realize is that we're actually plugged into all of the electronic health record EMR data. So the blue site focuses on the analytics and the machine learning around the controlled substance interactions. We're actually already getting um, all of the administrations from the hospital for all the drugs. So as we're able to plug in what the hospital's buying on the insight side to what they're using on the blue site for controlled substances side, we're setting ourselves up to be the kind of full circle view of not only are you buying the right product in the right generic class, but are you buying the right amount? And not just because your automation tells you how much you have and how much is throwing through the automation, but what are you actually using? So should you even be buying this today at all because your utilization rate has dropped by 15% and you're continuing your buying patterns at uh, the same 100% clip you were previously. And then ultimately, we can feed all of that information back into our kit and tray solution where we're able to automatically order and adjust par levels and go out and make the right buys for our customers um, directly from their trading partners, all kind of flowing through the same uh, kit check medication intelligence ecosystem. So, I mean, we're, we're a little ways off from that, but everything we're doing as a company is to set ourselves up with how we bring these products into the same ecosystem to really bring the value and benefit uh, of each one of them together and then kind of create something bigger out of that. And that's where we see medication intelligence living is kind of the, the intersection of all of these products and all of the data we can provide with them becoming the thing that allows hospital pharmacies to operate uh, more efficiently with the same or less resources, which we know is the, the one of the main problems that pharmacies are out there trying to deal with every day. That's a really cool vision for the future. There's a lot of integration you just talked about, and that's going to provide even more valuable information. So that's uh, one of the things I'm looking forward to, to kind of see uh, where it goes, right? So yeah, and I uh, don't want to bury the lead here. Like These are things we're already working on. So it's very much the vision and strategy we're getting to. Um, but that doesn't mean we're not already putting some of the tactics in place to to bring that to fruition. 
Awesome. Well, you know, thanks for sharing all the valuable information on both, you know, the product and vision of KitCheck and also your own experiences that brought you into your role today. I guess like one of the other things I want to ask, which is unrelated to to the the product, but if people wanted to kind of get into a role like yours or similar to yours, and you know, they're still in school right now, or they're mm-hmm. maybe a pharmacist not practicing in health technology yet, uh, what advice can you give them? My, uh, my best advice is not to uh, think too much past where you want to be in three years. And I know there's a lot of like, oh, what's your 10-year plan? What's your five-year plan? I say shorten it up, look at the things that are in front of you that interest you and figure out how you can get involved with them. I I love automation. I love the efficiencies that can be gained with it. And the only reason I'm here doing this today is because when those opportunities kind of presented themselves to work on, I stuck my hand up and said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look at that. Yeah, let's work on that. And then actually carry it out, like work your best to be an expert in whatever it is you start working on. And the, the potential for where you can go uh, kind of becomes what, whatever you want it to be. I, I, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not super old, but I'm old enough that like when I was going through school, it was very much like, oh, do you want it to be hospital-based or retail-based? Um, I think pharmacy schools have got a lot better about presenting some of those alternative options that are out there to people, but something as as nuanced as what I'm doing today is is absolutely nowhere on the spectrum of what my five-year career plan would have been five years ago, nor is it anything I even knew existed. And the only reason you can end up doing what you're doing and something that makes you kind of excited to get up and start working on it every morning is by kind of sticking your hand up, saying you want to dive into projects that are interesting to you and just rolling with it Um, and understanding that you're not going to have all the answers and you're probably not going to be the smartest person in the room, but learn from all the people around you who are experts in their field. And you'd be surprised at how it can help you on a trajectory that you never even really planned on. Thank you for sharing that very insightful advice. And, you know, if anyone had questions about, you know, maybe uh, more about KitCheck Insights or even personally for your career, where can they reach out? Uh, yeah, so I'll do my shameless product plug first. Um, so if you want to learn more about Insights, uh, just go to the, the newly redesigned KitCheck website, uh, kitcheck.com. There's a product page where you can uh, kind of view some of the screenshots, do a, an interactive demo with the product. You can also request a demo. I'll talk to you probably. Um, There's a pretty cool medication intelligence center where you can kind of virtually explore both Insights and our other products. If you want to talk to me more, uh, I think that if anything, this podcast uh, has proven that I don't mind talking. Um, So just look me up on LinkedIn, AJ Rivasecki, R-I-V as in Victor, O-S as in Sam, E-C-C-H-I. Send me a message and uh, let me know what you want to talk about. I'm happy to, to chat with anybody and uh, discuss the world of KitCheck, the world of automation, and hear any awesome ideas for how we can change the paradigm of pharmacy going forward through our uh, technology solutions. Awesome. So I'll be putting that into our show notes, but to be respectful of your time, I'd like to thank you again for taking some time to be on the podcast, sharing your story and uh, about the, uh, the new product on, on the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me. I I really enjoy it and happy to come back whenever. Thank you for listening. And if you like our show, please share with your friends or write a review on Apple Podcasts or your other favorite podcasting services. You can find us on all major social media platforms and you can reach me at Tony at PharmacyITV.com. To learn more about Pharmacy Informatics, you can register to the Introduction to Pharmacy Informatics course at PharmacyInformaticsAcademy.com completely for free. 
To network with other great pharmacists, check out PharmacistConnect.com. And to network with other healthcare technology professionals, check out HealthTechBuddies.com. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is the tool, patient care is the goal. Oh,